And thanks to all of you for coming out this Sunday evening in Spanish Fork, Utah. Everything's inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C., Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, the founder of Charlie of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Today we're going to ask the question, are you going to settle or are you going to stretch? I think you'll agree with me that too many of us nowadays we settle for good enough. My marriage isn't what it could be, but at least we're staying together, it's good enough. I don't like this job, but at least I'm employed, it's good enough. I'd love to make A's in school, but I'm not that smart. These C's are good enough. Our message today is let's not settle for less than Krishna or God's best in our lives. How many people do you know, or maybe you're one of them that once you had a big dream, you were excited about your future, and then you hit a few bumps in the road. There were a few unforeseen curves, some delays, some speed bumps. Now, gotten discouraged, starting to think. It's never going to happen. Where I am is where I'm going to stay. Because you've not seen it happen as you would have liked it on your timetable, our message is that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Our encouragement is don't make the mistake of settling for good enough because good enough is not your destiny. We're children of the Most High God. We have seeds of greatness on the inside. We were created to excel. Right now, you might be struggling with your health, with your finances, with your kids, with an addiction. You might be telling yourself it's been this way for a long time. You're just coasting, thinking, what's the use? Where I am is where I'll always be. Can I ask you to get your fire back this afternoon? Because it's not over until Krishna or God says it's over. Start dreaming again, start believing again, start pursuing what it is that God put into your heart. Ask yourself, are you going to settle or are you going to stretch? There are those two voices within us. One says, by God or Krishna's grace, I can do all things. The other one says, you'll never lose that weight. Your metabolism is off. You'll never break that addiction. You've had it since high school. Just learn to live with it. One wants to settle, and the other voice is telling you to stretch. Don't believe the lies that you've reached your limit. You never get any good breaks. Where you are is where you're always going to be. If you want to see the best that God has in store for you, you have to have the attitude, I'm going to let good enough not be good enough anymore. I was created to excel. I was created to stretch. I was created to fulfill a divine destiny, to overcome obstacles. Now I'm going to let go of what didn't work out and I'm going to look forward to the new things that Krishna has in store. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. I'm thinking that some of you have lost your fire. One time, a younger age, you just knew you were going to break that addiction. You knew you were going to beat that sickness. Get married, start a temple, preach, change people's lives. Because it didn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen, now you started to accept, well, 
well, it's probably not going to happen. You've started to get comfortable with good enough. Now, Krishna is saying to you what he said to our spiritual master, Prabhupada. Prabhupada lived for nine years in the most sacred, holy place in all of India, Vrindavan, where Krishna performed his pastimes. Prabhupada lived in the holiest temple in Vrindavan, the Radha Damodar temple. Prabhupada was one of the most respected of all the holy men who lived in that holy place. And yet Krishna kept telling Prabhupada, I want you to do more. I want you to go to the next level. Well, how can you do more than living in the holiest place on the planet, in the holiest temple in the holiest place on the planet, and being one of the holiest men amongst all the holiest men in the holiest place in the... How do you do better? You take Vrindavan all over the world. How do you take Vrindavan, the pure, sanctified place where Lord Krishna appeared? How do you take it to New York City? How do you take it to London? How do you take it to Chicago? How do you take it to the Western world, which is full of drug addicts, meat eaters, womanizers? How do you get a pure, ancient culture of spiritual purification to take root in the Western countries? Well, I'll tell you, in the natural, you don't. In the natural, it's impossible to transplant Vrindavan to the Western countries. But we serve a supernatural God. First thing you have to do is take the limits off of God. Present moment, there are 800 centers worldwide of Krishna consciousness. Each one of them is like a satellite representative of Vrindavan. Krishna has new levels in front of each and every one of us. New opportunities, new relationships. Prabhupada joked, in his life before becoming a missionary, he was a pharmacist. He said, I had five kids. None of them particularly cared for me. But once I stretched my faith and followed my God-given dream and went to the West, he said, now I have 5,000 disciples and any one of them would lay down their life for me. Myself, I met one of Prabhupada's disciples in Australia in 1970. His name was Upendra. He had been Prabhupada's personal servant for one year. He massaged Prabhupada, he cooked to Prabhupada, he talked to Prabhupada on an intimate person-to-person -person level. He had started to think that Prabhupada, an elderly man of 72 years old, couldn't get along without Upendra's cooking, without Upendra's massages, without Upendra doing his laundry, and without being able to pounce his ideas off of Upendra. He was shocked down to his very core when Prabhupada said, I want you to go to Australia and preach. <laughs> he had been there a month, and he was still reeling. He was still getting over the shock of it. But you go to any one of thousands of devotees in Australia, you go to any one of the temples in Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, Perth, Adelaide, you go to any of the restaurants, any of the farms, that scared kid who arrived in 1970 is a legend. You say the name of Pendra, and it's absolutely legendary. He was the first person I met. I was working on a construction site in North Sydney, coming home, being spewed out in, into the downtown George Street in Sydney from the subway. A little flash of color caught my eye, and I turned and looked, and there was Upendra. If he hadn't stretched his faith, I wouldn't be here. If I wouldn't be here, you wouldn't be here. This temple wouldn't be here. It all came because however unqualified he felt and however shocked he felt from Prabhupada weaning him 
and sending him halfway around the world, Krishna had great things in store for him. Similarly, each one of us has God-given promises inside, and our message today is to stir up things that you might have been pushing down. You're not too old. You're not too poor. You're not too uneducated. You're not less than in any category. Krishna has it all figured out. You may not have the wealth, you may not have the connections, you may not have the good looks, but Krishna has all of that. You don't have to worry about it. All you have to worry about is reviving your dreams, reviving the belief that you can do all things possible through Krishna, pursuing once again what Krishna put in your heart, knowing that Krishna will make a way where you don't see a way. Krishna can connect you, Krishna can open doors that no man can shut. And what he whispered in your spirit, if you're willing to believe and go along with him, it will come to pass. Because you've given up, it does not mean that Krishna gave up. Because you changed your mind about the addiction, about the marriage, about the mission, about your health, the good news is that Krishna didn't change his mind. He still has a victorious plan in place for you. I read a story about a traveler. He hiked for many miles across the desert on a day like this, 100 plus degrees. His water supply was gone. He knew if he didn't find water soon, he's gonna die of thirst. In the distance, he noticed an abandoned cabin. And once he made it to the cabin, he discovered an old well, and then he noticed a tin can tied to the pump with a note inside. He pulled out the note, started to read. Dear stranger, this water pump is in working condition, but the pump needs to be primed in order for the water to come out. Underneath the white rock, I buried a jar of water out of the sun. There's enough water in the jar to prime the pump, but not if you drink any of it first. When you're finished priming the pump, you'll have all the water you need. Just refill the jar and put it back as you found it for the next stranger who comes this way. Go ahead, prime the pump. Believe me, the note said, it works. Similarly, Krishna, God breathed a part of himself into us. We have the DNA of Almighty God. You are not created to be average. You are not created to struggle. You are not created to have to take the leftovers. You are empowered. You are equipped. You are fully loaded. You lack nothing. So don't you dare settle for second best. Don't you dare sip the water in that jar when you could be priming the pump and have more water than you could dream or imagine. And if you feel right now that you're stuck in a rut, if you feel that you've reached your limits, it's time to draw a line in the sand and say, that's it. I have let good enough be good enough for long enough. This is a new day. <laughs> it may not happen the first time, the third time, the fifth time, or the hundredth time, but I am not going to settle. I'm going to start stretching my faith, looking for opportunities, taking steps to improve, become everything that Krishna has created me to be. Ask yourself, am I a warrior or a weakling? Am I a fainter or a fighter? Your marriage is worth fighting for. Your dreams are worth fighting for. Your health, your children are worth fighting for. you got to dig in your heels and say, I'm in it to win it. I know Krishna didn't bring me this far just to drink one tiny pitcher of water. 
I'm not going to settle for a third, for a half, for three quarters. I'm going to go all the way that Krishna wants me to go. The problem is that some of us come to a certain point and we've settled. Oh, I've been sick a long time. I've had this addiction since high school. I don't know how I'd start my day without it. I've been single a long time. All my friends are married. Well, maybe it's time to pull up your stakes from the land of good enough. You've had your tent pitched there too long. Now you've got to break camp, move to the land of stretching your faith, reviving your dreams, moving forward to the next level. Right now, the creator of the universe is arranging things in your favor. Pull up that stake of addiction. Get in shape. Pull up that stake of being lonely. Meet the girl of your dreams. Pull up the stake of settling where you are. Plan another temple. Start another mission. Mentor some young people. Organize a festival. Let's think back to the beginning. When we started out as youths, we knew we were going to make a difference. But over the course of time with school and deadlines and final exams and job and family and kids and career, making a difference, some or other degraded into just eking out a living. Here's a nice example. Professor at a major university, students gathered for the final exam. He made an announcement. Anybody who doesn't take the exam, he said, if you just turn the paper over without taking the exam and walk out, I'll give you an automatic C. 50% of the students did that. They turned the paper and they walked out. Now the other 50%, interestingly enough, it didn't matter how they did on the test. Just for staying and taking the test and seeing it through, the teacher gave them all an A. Now imagine those students that walked out letting a C be good enough when all they had to do was stay and they had A's in their future. The C, the problem is if you keep taking the C's in your life, you're never gonna see the A's that Krishna wants you to have. You can live your whole life making excuses. I'll never get over the sickness. Just have to learn to live with it. I'm getting up there in years. Imagine Prabhupada, I'm too old to go halfway around the world. I'm not in good health. I don't have the connections. I don't have any money. He could have talked himself out of it, but he didn't. He stretched his faith instead of settle. It's easier. It's more comfortable. No one's going to argue when you settle and you don't stretch. But the problem is you'll never be truly fulfilled in your life if you keep settling for C's. The A's are worth fighting for. There will be nothing more sad to come to the end of life wondering what I would have become had I not settled for good enough. Who I would have been if I hadn't taken so many C's, but instead pressed forward, depending, trusting on God, striving to be my very best. And we've all taken some C's in the past, but make a decision with me today that we're going to go for the A's. Here's the key. If you're not seeing in your life what Krishna promised in your spirit, then keep moving forward. The two most important days of your life were the day you were born and the day you find out why. If nobody's told you so far, I will tell you that right now. You were created by God to love him with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. 
and to be loved by him in turn. Right now, you may be working below your potential, not even using a fraction of what is in your heart, what is in your mind, what is in your spirit, but don't slack off. Bloom where you are right now. Do your best and see it just as a temporary season that you're passing through. You, right now, may be in a limited environment, but you are not limited. That's where you are. That's not who you are. And even if you're in a good place, good family, good job, Krishna has blessed you, you have no complaints, and yet somehow or other you still feel that Krishna has greater things out there in front of you. It's easy again to settle in that good place. I'm happy, it's good, I have a good house, a good job, everything's good to me, but I've learned, here's your takeaway. I've learned that good is the enemy of the great. Good is the enemy of the great. Krishna exhibited this 5,000 years ago. He appeared in Vrindavan, the place where Prabhupada has his residence, place of 5,000 temples. When Krishna appeared in this rural agricultural village 5,000 years ago, they did an annual puja, an annual worship to Indra, the god of rain. Now, if you live in a village, you need rain to get good crops so you can feed the people, feed the cows, get milk and other nutrients. For many years, even generations, they've done an annual worship to Indra, the god of the thunderbolt, the god of rains. But Krishna didn't want them to settle there. He had appeared as a supreme personality of Godhead. He was instructing them, if you go directly to God, you don't have to worship the demigods. You don't have to settle for demigod worship when you can worship the Lord, the creator of millions and millions of demigods. Krishna uses example in the Bhagavad Gita. You don't have to go to this well to wash your clothes and go to another well to wash your dishes, and go to another well to wash yourself, and risk all the dangers of cross-contamination because of those limited environments. You don't have to do any of that if you can go to the big reservoir of water, the big lake. Krishna wanted for the inhabitants of Vrindavan not just the goodness of worshiping the demigods, but the greatness of going directly to the source the Supreme Personality of God, who happened to be manifesting himself right on the planet at that time. Krishna saw the demigod worship, he saw the preparations going on for the puja, and he said, why are these eternal associates of mine appearing, as my father Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda Mahi and other relatives, so caught up in this demigod worship? He wanted to remind his eternal devotees that there's no need to divert their attention to demigods, since in fact his devotees were already living with the supreme absolute truth. Krishna breathed part of himself into us, not for good things, but to accomplish great things. We are meant for higher things. And most of us, BYU students, middle class people, Utah Valley, we can say that Krishna's been good to us. He's blessed us with family, with health, with a job. He's opened doors in all of our lives. He's shown us favor. He's protected us and our loved ones. But can I tell you, those blessings were not ends in themselves. They were only temporary provisions, stepping stones, 
currency to be spent on the road back to home, back to God. All over the world, people go to the temple, the church, and the mosques. Lord, who art in heaven, give us our daily bread. Give me a raise in salary. Give me a better job. Give me a good education for my kids. Give me a good house. It's give me, give me, give me. And in every one of their minds, the whole purpose of going to the temple is get blessings from God, period. Get blessings from God, accumulate those blessings, and let those blessings stop with me, my body, and the extensions of my body in the form of children and family. That's not why Krishna gives you blessings. Krishna doesn't want you to put a period after the blessing. Krishna gives you the blessing so you can put a comma. A comma. Krishna wants to see how you're going to use that blessing to pass it on to others and to uplift and enrich the lives of others. Krishna wants to see, in essence, whether you're going to take that blessing to prime the pump or whether you're going to drink it yourself. He wants us to take us somewhere greater than we could ever imagine. And his blessings are the currency which need to be spent. And if you don't use it, you'll lose it. So don't make a mistake of letting your temporary provision become permanent. Don't build a house where you should only be pitching a tent. Yes, Krishna has been good to you. Can I tell you, you haven't seen anything yet. Krishna promises that if you keep in first place, your future will far exceed your past. So thank Krishna for the provision, for the protection, for the favor. But if it's not more than you can ask or think or imagine, be bold enough to pick up your stakes and release your faith into the fullness of your destiny. I don't know about you, but I'm not settling here. I believe Krishna has thousands and thousands of more things in mind for me. More joy, more peace, more wisdom, more creativity, more incredible missions. Let's take the limits off of God. He's the Lord of increase. He wants more than for us to just settle and maintain. There was a time in the 80s when I thought, if we could just build a temple in Spanish for it, wow, wouldn't that be the accomplishment of a lifetime? This temple opened 23 years ago. I look back and I realized that which I was doubtful that I could accomplish only in an entire lifetime. I'm looking back at that 23 years ago. This temple opened, and now I'm realizing that wasn't an end goal. It was for me, as far as I could see, as far as my faith would stretch. But at the time, Krishna's plan was so much greater. He wanted a second temple in Salt Lake City. He wanted a festival of colors that was the biggest in the Northern Hemisphere. And when we had this temple open from 2001 until 2012, when we acquired property in Salt Lake City, Salt Lake people used to come down to this temple maybe once a year for a festival, like Festival of India or Festival of Color. Then they would go back to Salt Lake City and they would pretty much forget about Krishna or any of the Krishna practices. But once that second temple opened in Salt Lake City in 2012 and then the present temple was built in 2019, 
Those same people that would come here once or twice a year, they go to the temple up there once or twice a week, some of them even once or twice a day. And chanting Japa, chanting Hare Krishna on their beads, something they wouldn't even dream of doing. Many of them are initiated devotees. Many of them are second initiated devotees. Many of them chant five rounds a day, 16 rounds a day. And that was what Krishna had in mind all along. The Spanish Fork Temple was not an end goal in itself. It was just a stepping stone in the plan of Krishna. Now, what am I saying? You may be blessed today. Krishna's been good to you. But if you keep him first place, what is in your future is far exceedingly above and beyond. He's got newer victories for you, places to go that you've never been before. Things out of the ordinary are coming your way. Krishna has A's lined up in your future. You don't have to find them, they're gonna find you. When you honor Krishna, his blessings chase you down. My challenge today is don't settle where you are in your health, in your relations, in your career, in your walk with the Lord. Keep stretching, keep growing, keep dreaming. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Don't let good enough be good enough. Some of you have been that same place for long enough. Time to pull up your stakes and start moving forward again. Enlarge your vision. Make room in your thinking for the new things that Krishna wants to do. Don't let your temporary provision become permanent. If you'll learn this principle of stretching, not settling, then you will see the fullness of what Krishna has in store. You'll discover talents that you didn't know you have. You'll go to places you could never go on your own. You'll accomplish dreams that seem too big. All that in this life, in next life, you go back to home, back to God. If that sounds good to you, raise your hands along with me. And let us all say it together. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare.